for listening. Thank you for listening. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. My name is Ron Silico. This is episode 23. I have the pleasure today of interviewing Dave DiNatale, who works for ESPN Cleveland as an on-air personality and producer. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, well, it's a pleasure, my friend. Good to talk to you. And for the audience, just a little background information. Uh, I knew David back when we were students at Bowling Green State University. And I've not talked to him up before today in about 20 years. So uh, a couple years ago, I was visiting my folks in Litchfield, Ohio, in Medina County. And I heard Dave on ESPN Radio in Cleveland. And I said, I know that guy. I recognize his voice and listened for a while and heard his name. And I was, I was so tickled, Dave, because I remember in school how passionate you were about the radio broadcasting industry. So it, it, was, it was real gratifying. Yeah, it hasn't gone away. Uh, that's the best thing about what I do. You know, 20 years later, uh, it, it hasn't left me. It, it was so gratifying for me to to hear you on the radio because I, I knew your passion. And that's that's really what we, and part of what I wanted to talk about with you in this interview today is how you developed that passion and, and we'll go into to your career path. Does that sound good to you? Okay. Okay. Dave, for, for the audience, what we'd like to start off with is, can you give us some background where you grew up and who your role models were growing up? Yeah, Ron, I, uh, I, I always tell people, you know, Clevelanders through and through because, you know, growing up uh, through my father's job or my mother's job, I mean, we were always moving. We were always moving around the Cleveland area uh, from the east side to then down in Canton, where I spent six years there, and then uh, up to Strongsville, where I ended up going to high school, and then uh, went to college at Bowling Green, where I, I met you, a lot of people, and Uh, 
discovered that there was a good broadcasting program there, you know, there was always, you know, yes, I could spend a Friday night and I could go out with my buddies, or I could work Friday night at the student radio station uh, learning how to uh, produce uh, a Bowling Green hockey game on the radio and do the intermission report. And it was always that kind of thing that would inspire me to, you know, early on. How old were you when you met Neff Chandler? Uh, I first met him when I was 15. Uh, it's kind of funny. I'll give the background story. So it's a funny story. Anybody who uh, in your audience is from Northeast Ohio might remember uh, on Channel 5, they had a segment called Doug Deacon's Pen Pals on the Live on 5 show. That Doug Deacon, of course, for a long time. Uh, offensive tackle for Browns. He's been on the you know, radio color guy uh, for about 30 years now. But Doug had a, a thing called Doug Deacon Penthouse where, you know, kids could literally write a letter to their favorite athlete and Doug would read the letter to that athlete. So at the time, you know, if you wanted to write a letter to Bernie Kozar, you know, Doug would read it to Bernie. Or if you wanted to write a letter to uh, Brad Doherty, you know, or Mark Price, so wonderful that he reached out to you like that and, and, and showed you his expertise. some regards, I, I, I feel, I don't know if sorry is the right word for kids that came after us because, and what I mean by that is sports are so available on television that I don't, I don't know as kids growing up, I just remember being outside 
doing chores with my dad, and we would have the Indians game on, listening to Herb score. Uh-huh. And, and and I think kids today don't experience that same thing where where you get to listen to someone bringing you a radio broadcast and and imagine and visualize in your mind what's going on. People want to their preference is to just sit in front of the TV and. And, and just take in the game that way. So in some regards, I I don't know. Again, I don't know if feeling sorry is the right way to put it, but I think kids are missing out on the experiences that you and I had and, and people older than us. Yeah, it, it, it's, different, it's a bit different era now. And it, it's something that, you know, obviously professionally I have to deal with that a little bit too, that, you know, now when people are wondering, you know, how much longer is terrestrial radio going to be lasting? And it's like a whole other conversation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm being amazed largely because of radio. I mean, I love Joe State doing a Cavs game. I love, uh, next channel, obviously, doing the Browns. And, and I love Tom Hamilton and Soldier doing Indian games. And, and, you know, we associated the team with the broadcasters. And, and we just don't do that nearly as much now because, like you said, games are available in so many different ways. TV, uh, on a smartphone, on a laptop, uh, a tablet. So it's, it's a lot different now where, you know, we don't associate teams with announcers. We associate teams more with their superstars uh, or their jerseys than we do necessarily with the people who bring you the, the game themselves. Yeah, it's, you're right. It, it's it's a different era. and. It's a, it's a whole other discussion, but I, I just think kids are losing the ability to vi- visualize and imagine yeah. the games because it, everything's fed to them, if you will, visually. Uh, so besides Nev Chandler, Dave, who who are some of your other role models that, that touched you as, as you started off in, in your teenage years and, and going into college? Well, there's no question. My parents were huge role models on me. Like that, when you're a kid, and you know, you're 
your corner, and you, you need so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going back to your your family history, Dave. Your your grandparents were they first generation Americans, second generation Americans? I uh, you know it's my my uh, maternal my maternal grandfather. Uh, well, he came over actually on the boat from Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like around nineteen ten, I believe. So mm-hmm. um, you know, so he was not originally born in this country, but my uh, my grandparents, my dad's side were, okay. but they were all you know. You know, they all came from different places. You know, like like my grandfather on my dad's side, they were all from Brooklyn, New York, and their and his father was from Sicily. So they they understood that 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 struggle to try to make it in America, and I obviously, you know, for my maternal grandfather coming over from Holland, understood what it meant to to become an American, and you know, those values of hard work and dedication. I like to think that. I talked about this with one of my prior guests, Nick Gillespie, about the immigrant experience. And we were, all of us were the beneficiaries of being second or third generation Americans in the line of the family. And, and just, you, you, you kind of alluded to it, not only the support and the belief, but that I'm, I'm so I just continue to be impressed about the sacrifices that those folks made to create better opportunities for not only themselves but for their families down the line and and, and preach the value of education and learning learning skills and and having a strong set of core values so you could you could make make significant progress uh, through through America. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, here's an example. On my mother's side, uh, her parents did not go to college. Her older brother did not go to college. My mom was the first in the family to go to college. And she actually left school uh, because she was trying to pay her own way, kind of ran out of money uh, halfway through her, her time at Bowling Green when she met my dad. But 25 years later, she went back and finished her, her degree at Bowling Wallace and, and was became the first graduate. So what was important about that was her mother, you know, my grandmother lived long enough to be there for commencement at Bowling Wallace and how important it was for, for my family uh, that my mom did that, that she went back and completed her education, despite the fact that she was a successful executive at, at Ameritech. It was very important for my mom to, to finish what she had started. And, you know, the fact that, you know, nothing was handed to her and nothing was handed to my dad either. You know, they, they uh, both came from middle-class upbringing. I came from a middle-class upbringing where, you know, you had to, you know, work when you were in high school and you had to work when you came home, you know, vacations in college. And, you know, you, you had to, uh, to, to work hard to make a living for yourself and to make your way in life. So they were always for you. You had to be accountable and responsible. And, and I think that was important. I think it comes from, like you said, that big immigrant experience passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you decide to go to Bowling Green. I guess, A, what? 
how did you make that decision? And B, can you start taking us through your how you got involved in broadcasting at Bowling Green? Yeah, I, I laugh when you ask the question there because I didn't, I, I got to be honest with you, I didn't have a choice. And you say, what do you mean? Well, my dad was pretty insistent on both my sister and my other sister on that, okay, you, you have to off your dad. If, if you want to go to college, and we want you to go to college, so you're going. Uh, if you want to go to way to school, barring you getting a scholarship anywhere else, uh, you've got three choices. You could go to Bowling Green or Bowling Green and Bowling Green <laughs> because it was good enough for your mother and it was good enough for me, but therefore it's good enough for you. Or you, you can join the youth and you, know, you want to stay home, you want to you go to Cleveland State, Akron, whatever. That's fine. But, you know, I was kind of at the point, I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be a broadcaster, but I also knew I needed to kind of get out and kind of blaze my own trail, and Bowling Green was it, and it was it, and it, they did have a student-run radio station that had a sports department, so I was pretty much sold. I'm like, okay, that's the four of me. I think about a semester into college, uh, I really kind of got hooked up with those guys at the Bowling Green Radio Sports Organization, uh, figured out that, you know, this was absolutely 100% student-run. There, there were no professors. There were no advisors. You know, the students, you know, learn from each other. Again, you know, we grow together. We figure out uh, how we want to broadcast games, how we want to broadcast a pop show, uh, how we want to do updates, and we learn by doing. And that was a big thing for me during my time at BG. And so a year later, I was doing my first play-by-play of a Bowling Green football game. Within two years, I was sports director of the station, and that meant I was doing Bowling Green football games at Alabama, at Ohio State. I was broadcasting Bowling Green basketball games at Purdue. I was doing the NIT uh, at Bowling Green. I watched Antonio Daniels become a superstar and end up going to the NBA. Um, so all those experiences uh, tainted me, but I had to work for them, and I had to work to get better at I wanted to do that. I wanted to be sports director. I wanted to be in charge of it because I felt like I, I knew um, that I could, I could put my touch on it, my fingers and print on it, and, you know, pick the people that I think would be best around me and, and make a great organization. And it really was. It was some of the most fun experiences of my life were, were being a part of uh, WPG or Bowling Green Radio. Okay. So. You, 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 you got a tremendous experience doing that. And I, I think that, you know, that, that was, that was Nev Chandler's point to you is you had to go out and do that. Yep. You graduate from Bowling Green. What's next for you? Well, here's the, uh, there was, there was the only negative of my whole college experience was that, um, in my sophomore year, I started feeling, and this is September of my sophomore year, started feeling, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like I had, I had bronchitis type symptoms. So I finally, worst came to worst, but I finally had a, a buddy of mine take me to the, the health center at Holy Green. And they did a chest x-ray, and I was diagnosed with um, what is called myocardial myopathy. 
sales experience because I think a lot of people give the sales profession a bad rap and I have a different opinion of it. If you've got a quality product that you believe in and you're passionate about the benefits that a customer can get from that, that it's a win-win situation. Can you speak to the, your sales experience? Yeah, 
you've, you mentioned the word a few times, and I was hoping you could dive into a little more. The value of persistence, you've mentioned that in, in, in going through your career. You've mentioned it in the sales process. What's the value of persistence been to you? It, it, it's the reason why I'm doing radio right now. I, I can't tell you, you know, how many times that between 1998 when I started in professional radio and here in 2015 that I, I questioned whether or not I should be continuing to do radio. You know, where you're sitting there saying, you know, I, I, I'm not getting my getting better. Um, is this really what I want to do? Not that I didn't love being on air and being a broadcaster, but it's just a question of, you know, I, I'm making, I made $21,000 a year last year. I'm making $21,000 a year this year. I really want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you constantly question yourself, your, your talents, your abilities. But I think if you have the right people guiding you, and I'm talking about mentors, and you have a belief system in yourself, and you say that, look, other people that I went to school with quit this, but I can, I can make it. I can do this. I believe in myself. Uh, this is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. And it's worth it. And it's worth the it's worth the the hard work. It's worth working nights, weekends, holidays. It's worth losing my voice every March. <laughs> it, 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 it's worth that because it's fun. It makes me happy. It, it, it's I'm passionate about it. I enjoy doing it. It's the thing that drives me to to go through. You know, every medical thing I've had to go through, every surgery I've had to go through, because I love to put the headset on and, and broadcast games. Or in this case now, I'm also involved in the talk show every day at ESPN Cleveland, and I love doing it. And it's, it's that. It's the best two hours of my day are spent being a part of the Bruce Willis show and, and working with Bruce and doing the show. Or the best couple hours of my, you know, of couple months for me for the, the, the Mac Turner games I did uh, at the Q last week. Mm-hmm. And that for everything. It, it, it requires perseverance. It requires uh, dedication. But if you, if you want to like anything else, I think you life. If you want to do it, you're passionate about it, you, know, you can do anything you want to do in life. And it's not going to be easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. So you're at Oberlin, I think you said for eight years, was that correct? Yeah, yeah I was at Oberlin from uh, 2000 through 2008, and yeah, it, was, it was a really great experience, but at, at some point, I kept thinking of something, you know, I'm ready to move up, I'm ready to, to for the next challenge, you know, my, at this point now, I'm my, I'm my 30 years old, or my early 30s, and it's like, okay, what's next? And finally, because, like, and it's like this with any other job, Rob, but I think in, in broadcasting, a lot of it really is who you know and the, the relationships you make over the course of time and, and the mentors that are maybe there to help you when the time is right. And that's really what happened with me. Uh, I finally had an opportunity to go work at ESPN 850 WKNR, but actually it was also working at Metro Network because news, traffic, and weather. And do daily sports reports on the station I grew up listening. 
just because I've never had the, the chance to do it. Did you, do you ever get to ride in the travel helicopter? I know. I never did. I, unfortunately, I never did. I did just do a little bit of traffic, but I never got to ride in the helicopter. I, I always wish I could have. Uh, I, you know, I'm friends with uh, Patty Carson, who does uh, the traffic on Fox State here in Cleveland. And, uh, she gets to ride the copter every day. So it's, just, it's a wonderful experience. Okay. Uh, obviously, I, I haven't... I make periodic visits to Northeast Ohio. At what point did 850 K&R become an ESPN affiliate? Uh, yeah, in the early 2000s. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, so it, it, it had been an ESPN affiliate then. You know, for a little bit, it wasn't an ESPN affiliate. And then when the current owners of the company, the Carmen Brand, uh, I'm always curious because you have the SBN brand as part of your company name. What What's the relationship between what you have to do from an ESPN perspective and also what you have to do locally or regionally within the Cleveland area? Yeah, it, it, we are required um, you know, as an affiliate. We need to air uh, like the like, which is you know, one of the most important, I think, very well-run sports talk shows every day on our station. experienced this as a listener and I don't know if you on on your side of the table have experienced this thank you for tuning in to episode 23 of the Outstanding Ohioans show that was part one of my interview with Dave DiNatale and I just loved hearing Dave's passion and his enthusiasm and sharing his journey with us and I'm sure you'll continue to love the content that he provides and part two of the interview. Thank you for tuning in. Please take the time to review the show and rate it on iTunes or Stitcher so our show and our content can reach a greater audience. Thank you.